With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. If you can't feel it in your veins right now, then you need to get your temperature checked because it's about to hit a million degrees. I have on the other side of the screen for those watching on Facebook. I have, and maybe the left earbud if you're walking down the street or likely staying in your basement. I have Mr. Andy Holloway. I have Mr. Jason Moore. And I have the hitman, Mike Wright of the Fantasy Footballers, the number one fantasy football, not even gonna call it a show. I'm going to call it a universe because that's what they are. And they're joining me here today. And it's so good to see you boys, seriously. Dude, we are hyped. Uh, we are very excited. Uh, Jason's a little drier. Oh, yeah. On this uh, this time. Oh, yeah. Legendary Jason moment had a big last sweat time. fest. Well, he look, fogged when, his when glasses you, you, up. Oh, man. Someone needed to get me a towel last time. You know, we were in your studio. It was a bit warm for my liking but when you're sitting in with a legend you get you get sweaty you get nervous i mean he's a heat source upon himself yes absolutely happy to be with you man yeah i am continuously proud of what you guys are doing because i feel like you're one of the few enterprises that you do it and you're just enjoying the game you're just enjoying it but i i need to ask this is gonna i've been in nbaville and so i'm throwing myself back in the nfl right now are you guys okay about your sons? Can, do you want to let it out oh, right now? Mm. Look, look, Andy, oh, Andy was tilted. I'm going to make the argument that I am super happy about my sons. We did not get swept by the Lakers. We went undefeated, and we go home with a chip on our shoulder. I went a different route. I, I, went, <laughs> I went the, uh, the tilt-tweeting slash denying access to our website from Portland IP addresses. So uh, different route. I, look, it was so exciting to care about the Suns again. I mean, we are Arizona Phoenician lifers. I mean, we grew up with this, uh, you know, what the Spurs just lost their, their 23 season yes. run of playoff uh, appearances. When we were growing up, the Suns had like 18, 19, 20 seasons in a row. And so it was like Dan life out Marley. Here. Oh, oh yeah. Thunder Dan, Kevin baby. Johnson. Look, it was just, it, it was nice though, because we got back to vintage Suns, which is, Heartbreak. The, the NBA finds yeah. a way to screw the Phoenix Suns yeah, we chose, out of winning a championship. We, we, you know, I, I looked at that Dallas game. Now, see, now, yeah, now I'm back in it, Lefko. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm back but in you, it. Look, this Offensive is this is why fouls. Dame Lillard wasn't going to lose. Oh, I can't take it. The Suns, though, like what you guys just gave me that minute and ten is exactly how you guys are all the time. Where Jason Moore <laughs> is like is like technically, if we're going to look at what we expected compared to what we got, we should be happy. And Andy is like, right. I cut off Portland. And then Mike was like, hey, remember how much that sucked? That really sucked, huh, Andy? That was so good. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, I, Devin Booker is the reason you're excited. And yeah, the fact no that the, the Suns made a decision where they said, we're going to get Rubio to take Booker off the ball, and we're going to get a bunch of athletes that are 3 and D guys, and we think Aiton can work with Booker. And then, like, we got eight games where it worked to a T. And it's like, we have never seen that happen. Like of all the Josh Jacksons and all that, it's, it was a different sign. Oh, it was cool. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, I think we have a lot of hope with Monty being, you know, until mm -hmm. I think it was a six year deal and he's just a leader, man. That guy is incredible. So we are optimistic. I will eventually get to Jason's point of view. It just stung not to get a couple more games out of I, that. I just hope next year we could play in front of no fans because the Suns <laughs> are used to it. And so that was a real advantage. Whereas these other playoff teams are like, 
this is weird. They're like, dude, this is just totally. this is just how life is. It's been tough, but it was exciting. Uh, I'm gonna go Hitman. Hitman, who is the Devin Booker of NFL fantasy? Oh, oh my. Let's That's cross a, it out. So let's contextualize that a little bit. What Devin's uh young. Yeah, so twenty three years old. A guy who's been able to get people want him off of the Suns to go somewhere else. Yeah, man, that's is it the has ninety one career thirty point games. Yeah, no, no, Andy hit it. Andy hit it out of the park right there. It's Terry McLaurin, uh, budding Mm. superstar for the Washington Football Team. Who uh, now, you know, in the drafts, I mean, he wasn't totally disrespected, but he did drop to the third round. But you look at just his athletic profile is is insanity of, of how his size and speed, it's a very, very rare combination. What's his, what's his ADP right now? His ADP, he's, a, I think, a fifth, sixth round. Early fifth, yeah. Which, and it's the, it's the Dwayne Haskins effect because if, yeah. if we knew that, that he had a, like a, a, a real competent quarterback, then the, he, McLaurin, would be getting a little bit more love uh, Dwayne Haskins did improve towards the end of the season. You know, most of his touchdowns came in those final three games. But Terry McLaurin, if he had a quarterback, man, if mm. he would be, uh, in my opinion, he would be a 1,200-yard receiver. We have already seen the touchdown potential from him last year when he was playing uh, with Case Keenum and then a little bit with Haskins. So I think that's a, it's a good comp, a young player. But the situation around him is, Dwayne Haskins. is murky and bringing him down of what Oh, I what know where you're going. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins is Robert Sarver. Oh, that's the no. that's the oh, comp. No. Is that how low the, you are on him? Are you genuinely that low on Dwayne Haskins? No, I feel really bad for what I just said about yeah. Dwayne Haskins. That's uh, mean I need Haskins. to apologize to Haskins because Robert they Sarver. They already have Dan Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> yes, They've already got I think own. Dwayne, do you know what? Dwayne Haskins to me gives me a little DeAndre Ayton vibes. If we're going to keep crossing sports okay. where it's like, I don't okay. know if that, you know what I mean? It's, but, but he did show signs last year that I was like, man, he, he does have a cannon and I'm not going to bring up Instagram videos in the off season as confidence in a player. I refuse to do that, but I do think yeah, but that, have you seen that video I know with the shirt <laughs> off, I'm like, man, he's been eating <laughs> vegan a little bit, but uh-huh. I, I do think that there's something to the OC of the Panthers who focused on tight ends and throwing to the running backs coming to a guy that's not Jay Gruden where it's 15 yards down the field. It's let's work the middle. Let's work underneath. It gives me more confidence in him than it would be. That's a, that's a really good comp going with Aiton because it's like you, this could work. Haskins could work. You wish you drafted Luca, you know, when you had that chance, but maybe we can go forward. This is the most basketball I've talked in a long time. This is (laughs) great. This is a lot of fun. You know who I think Devin Booker really is though? I think it's the other guy in Arizona. Oh, I think it's, okay. I think it's Kyler Murray. I'm it. all, that's all I'm doing. I'm not talking about it. You don't have to talk about cards. <laughs> no, I'm no, no. What's, what's that card worth now? Like $35,000? No. What, what are we up to on that thing? You want to know the truth? Yeah. I got this. I, no, I really do. I got this in May for 351 and it is now worth about 720 If I was Woo-hoo. that. All right. That's what it is. So it's, but that's, 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 I'm not trying to do nothing. I'm just putting it out there. But Kyler Murray, you guys are Arizona boys. Like, yes. Who, yeah, if I you mean, guys are in a draft, are you competing to take him? No, because we, you know, we, we adhere to the late round quarterback model usually. And so I don't think we're competing to take him. It's almost the opposite. It's like every time we're in that fifth round, if he's there, we're like, oh, I want him because he's so fun, exciting, he could take that step forward. But then it's, it's really difficult to pull the trigger because we're, we're missing out on, a, you know, a, a Robert Woods or Tyler Lockett or, or someone. Or Terry there, McLaurin. Or Terry McLaurin. And, and so it's difficult so to take him. right now. But, uh, yeah, we, we do all want him on the team. We just don't want to have to draft him at his cost. Mm. Yeah, they, the thing that made Lamar so incredibly special was the fact that you drafted him as a late-round quarterback. The thing that made Patrick Mahomes – I guess for fantasy purposes, the, the, fantasy, they yeah. did go off and scored a bajillion touchdowns. So that made them pretty special. But both Mahomes and, and Lamar were late-round guys. So they became this huge, incredible value 
to your fantasy football team where Kyler, if you have to draft Kyler Murray, you have to draft him in the fifth round. I do think he's going to break out. I really do believe that Murray will be a, a top three guy, but your margin for error, if something happens, if he doesn't hit those projections, your margin for error is so small and at the fifth round for a uh, onesie position as, as we call it. So Unfortunately, I'm not grabbing Kyler Murray everywhere, but every once in a while I draft him. Well, no, hold on. I need to hear Andy. Andy's the one I always see parading around <laughs> in Cardinals jerseys. Like, I think no, he doesn't I, want to say like anything because right he's like, I'm going to take him in the fourth. I think adding a uh, Hall of Fame wide receiver to the repertoire is nice, but I, I, I'm with these guys. I mean, I haven't drafted him in any mocks. I've, I've got him in a dynasty league, and I'm happy I do. I have, you know, he's one of the best mm. up-and-coming quarterbacks in the game and he's got these weapons and you can see it but we we have lived this life before and as Arizona fans it's a little bit more fun to project the breakout but Baker the offseason Beckham Landry we've been down the road of like on paper this is the the best offense in football and things go sideways quick and we're like right here at the beginning of camp you got players now and going out there and getting hurt you just don't know Mm -hmm. Uh, what kind of offensive line they're going to get give to him this year. So I'm, I'm just like, if I end up with him because he drops, obviously I'm thrilled, but I'm not setting out to draft him. I guess my only, yeah. Cause I know that that now I've talked to Barry Silva and you guys, which I think you guys are all paramount Titans of this stuff. And the depth at wide receiver sounds crazy. And I, I really thought, after I've had Tyler Lockett on my team now for three seasons in a row. And last year I said, you know what? I'm, I'm done with keeping it a secret. How do people not realize that this is magical? And, I, and I'm looking and he's still going below guys. And I'm like, I, I guess, I don't know what it is seeing your guys' faces. I'm like, can we put some respect on Tyler Lockett's name? <laughs> like the yeah, dude is incredible. And I'm tired of him discussing him with people like Robert Woods, who I think is great. But I think Tyler Lockett is – I think he's, like, top five. I really do. I, I, I love hearing that. This is – so we are preparing, and, and this is in, insider information here for your audience. Wow. This coming Thursday is our famous My Guy episode, and we are toiling behind the scenes to narrow it down to our guys. And literally, right before we walked in true. here, I was really? thrilled to come to the conclusion – that my third and final my guy is Tyler Lockett. I am all in. His last 180 targets have been as valuable as Michael Thomas's. He doesn't have the same volume, but the talent is there. If they let Russ cook, he's going to be outstanding. And the value in your draft, DK Metcalf's being drafted ahead of Tyler Lockett. That's crazy. What? Yes. That's crazy. Disrespectful. Yes. That's right. And now you've gone so many seasons of Lockett being in that. It's like what happened with Robert Woods where he was, he was and will always be drafted later because he'll never get that upper echelon respect. And the same thing's happening with Tyler Lockett. He's never going to move. You draft this behemoth of a man in DK Metcalf just to keep his ADP low. <laughs> and uh, he's got one of the best quarterbacks. It's just a matter of, you know, every year he's doubted in, in terms of the volume when you look at other options. All right, I have another one. This is this has turned into Lefko pitches the fantasy footballers on takes. <laughs> there we go. I think an amazing buy low, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't know if I want to say it. Okay, it's I'm saying an e- it. it's an eagle. It's an eagle. It's not. It's not. It's okay. a Bengal. Okay. It's AJ Green. Oh no! <laughs> yes, Listen. you are. Well, this is you're, you're smashing today. Lefko's. Get your bugs out of our room. Stop listening to all of our takes. Well, listen, uh, the, the My Guys episode on Thursday, let me tell you. Let <laughs> me tell you incredible. where I'm J- Jason's freaking out about this. AJ Green, all offseason, has been in that three My Guys for me. His, we've never seen AJ Green on the field not be an elite wide receiver on a 1,210 pace, ever. But then today, <laughs> Lefko, listen, his hamstring. Yeah, I mean, he's, first day we're out there, he's, already he's stretching it out on the sideline. No. So, I now he, you know, of course, hey, he's going to be all right. It's no big deal. But it's he freaking me out, man. I don't think I can workouts. do that. You know what? You're right. Wow. 
That's now I, because now when I have, he's 32. I'm freaked out. This was this was fun for me because I've been very anti AJ Green this year. I you know and it's been you're 100 right. We've never seen him on the field not be great, but we haven't seen him on the field far too much. And now the fact that he is we get it, Jason. Kind of, he gets hurt. We get it. <laughs> Yeah. Get it. And he's yeah. hurt now. So I was but like, can we talk about man. the cool shit that could be Joe Burrow and AJ Green with Jonah Williams on the offensive line? And by the way, Joe Mixon means you got to put dudes in the box with Tyler Boyd across the middle. And by the way, John Ross runs like T. a four one. Like, and T. Higgins is your four. And I'm just like, that's a lot of targets to split up for AJ Green to be super <laughs> valuable. Good point, Lefko. Yeah, but A.J. Green is, when you play the Ravens, he puts up 10 for 200. And, yep. and my thing is, is it's not Andy Dalton. And I just want to see what A.J. Green looks like with not Andy Dalton. And nothing against Andy Dalton. But I want to do that's going to Sounds say, like F it, is. A.J. Green. <laughs> that's Andy very anti-Andy yeah. Dalton. Zach <laughs> Taylor, was, one of the best offensive minds. Joe Burrow, we talked about it on the show last week. I think Joe Burrow has a chance to have one of the best rookie seasons of all time with those weapons, with Zach Taylor, with the passing volume, even the Andy Dalton you speak of, like starting last year, the pass attempt pace that Cincinnati had. And this is before Joe Joe Mixon even got cooking. Mm. I think the potential is there, but then you have days like today where I'm sitting here scratching his name off my My Guy list going, am I willing to – do I believe A.J. Green still has it? If you can get him out on the field, of course I do. Am I willing to put my name next to AJ Green's on Thursday? TBD. <laughs> Still waiting. I want to see what happens tomorrow. Is he back out there or not? But it's uh, this is this it, is going to be my take. Team. This be my take. I usually call this era of training camp uh, ACL epidemic because what happens is all these guys start. They have been working out for a few months. They're ready to show off their muscles. They're ready. And then they go for a, the first time and it's a knee. It's non-contact. It's on a slant. John Harbaugh last year stopped going hard for the first week to try and battle this because they're like, let's just walk through everything and get used to it first. And we saw it today. We're recording on Monday with yeah. Gerald McCoy. Uh, we saw mm-hmm. it with a, it, all over the place. Jalen Hurd. Yeah. Yes. If A.J. Green, let's say he just got a little tight, the hope is is that he went, no, 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 no. We're going to come in slow. <laughs> it's good I, for him. Yeah. I have seen this story before, but I agree with you. If, if it's like a week or a two, <laughs> I'm in trouble. Let, let go. Oh, this, is, this is the story we told ourselves on our flag football team. We always would say, Amazing. well, we're, we're not going to get hurt because we're too we're slow. Too slow. <laughs> we like I can't do a 90 degree corner when right. I, when I run an in route, this thing's breaking off at about 125 degrees <laughs> and I'm just, just like on a compass it's here, a nice r- curl running a nice circle route. So that was, Mike is, that was Mike is the only wide receiver. Ourselves. Mike is the only wide receiver running an obtuse slant. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you see that? You see the, uh, that the route Drake ran. Have you oh. seen that video going oh, viral? Yes. Oh. Yeah. That, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are, did he just come back from that and look at the direct, director and go, no, that was good. And nobody had the balls yeah. to be like, no, man, you got to do that again. Ship it. Ship <laughs> it. That was a hot route. <laughs> um, what is the argument in the fantasy world that you are happy to be done with at this point of the offseason that I probably haven't even heard? Mm. There hasn't actually been as many. I okay. think that the well, I, Dalvin I, Cooks, sure. Dalvin Cooks hold out. It's nice to have that, yeah. all, mm. you know, figured out and not worry. Because whenever there's a first round guy who's got the holdout or has a suspension, or, it's Especially usually those after Le'Veon Bell and Melvin yeah, Gordon. Exactly. I, yep. you just kind of every time you bring up the name, you have to talk about it, and it gets repetitive, and you know, it's boring. And uh, so it's nice to have that one gone. Now we can just talk about his shoulder and not the holdout, right? I, th- I think the the biggest one that is forming that will be nice to to be done with, and we, and we won't be able to be done with it until guy, the guys are on the field. It's the Washington backfield of uh, now with Darius Geis gone. They spent the huge draft capital on Antonio Gibson. I have been on Antonio Gibson uh, before the draft, and then like it was tur- turbo thrusters ago after right. Washington took him 
right at the beginning of the, of the third round. And I know that uh, Andy sees it a bit differently than I do. And it's Andy's one of those on things where – Peterson train? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, nobody's on that train, let's go. <laughs> that train is – You can is, get on it. It's we, not very fast. You can yeah. just hop on. I'll, we we I'll, know that – No, go ahead. I'm on the murky backfield. I'm on the murky backfield train yeah. where it's like – you know, Peterson's Gibson's not going to come in after 33 carries at, at Memphis, and I know Juco. He's not going to come in after that limited amount of collegiate experience and get 200 carries or 150 carries or maybe even 100 carries. I'd be shocked if he did. And you got Bryce Love involved. You got Peyton Barber picked up by this regime. I not not a testament to the talent of those players. It's just it's how many medium quality carries right. are afforded. Antonio Gibson. I think it's the passing game where he makes his hay. It, absolutely. And what's funny is, it, and what's, what makes the argument difficult is we see the exact same thing of a murky backfield, and that's why I like Antonio sure, Gibson because of the value so stays much, there. Because we don't know who's going to be the starter. You presume it's going to be Peterson. So that, I would say that's the, the the annoying is the wrong word, but it's just like an argument that has we've we've taken this thing to the limit. Oh, I've got one more, too. And we can keep – When you're talking about Gibson, when you're talking about Gibson, where are you even thinking? Like late? Uh, So, well, it it was late. That was pretty – It was like 13th round late. Now (laughs) it's like ninth round late. He's – I know – Okay, let me me, me say this really quick. Ceiling Antonio Gibson, in my mind, is Chris Thompson in terms of what we've seen in Washington. I'm looking at it, and I'm going, you guys are looking at jeans at Ross's and you're trying to figure out what looks to be the best. Like, why are you shopping in the Washington backfield at all? Like, one thing that I always know from Andy, it's like, why not go and find the teams that are really good and be like, okay, let me Dobbins it, and I don't know where these guys are going. I haven't paid attention. But why not focus on these backfields that run it all the time and have success? And even Washington's offensive line, they just lost Trent Williams. They stink. Like, I don't even want to look at Washington. Like what Washington equals waiver wire. Like that's how I think about that team other than <laughs> sure. Terry McLaurin. Okay, so, so I'll give my take. So uh, the reason why I'm looking into it, you mentioned the offensive coordinator Turner. You are coming yeah. from the North Turner tree, which who are the, the two most valuable fantasy running backs of all time, LT and Christian McCaffrey, because they have talent. I'm not calling Antonio Gibson, those guys, Ooh. but I'm saying, so you had a coach catches. He could like, honestly, I think that I, the ceiling is Antonio Gibson could see a hundred targets in this Oof. offense because maybe he's not the running back. Who's getting 150 carries, but who's the second best wide receiver on Washington right now behind mm. Terry McLaurin. It just might be Antonio Gibson, but mm. you have a, an OC who might put Antonio Gibson out there uh, just all the time uh, because that's what he's done. And that's, uh, that's what his, his dad did as well. So that's the argument. It's not like that the that team argument. is great. It is the opportunity where you're taking a running, quote, running back who led his JUCO in receiving from the running back position, came out, scores a touchdown like every five times he touches the ball yeah. at Memphis. So or I'm worried he's just going to return punts and you'll never see him again. <laughs> and that's and in the range of outcomes, that is definitely there. No, I, I have – a ton of confidence in Antonio Gibson. I think that's where my real world brain and my fantasy brain are disconnected. Mm-hmm. We're in fantasy. It's more about opportunities than anything. And anyone that's getting a hundred targets is somebody that needs to be focused on just because of the opportunities. So that I, I totally get that. And I love running backs out of Memphis, Tony Pollard, Daryl. Like I love all those guys. Mm-hmm. Right. I have one for you. I have one more murky situation we've talked about a lot on this show, and maybe you have uh, a take on this, and that would be the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay, end-of-season transition to more 12 personnel, Tyler Higby's explosion. At the time, there was no Everett. There was no Cooks. But you're coming into this season. We've debated it a lot on the show. Are they going to stay in this 12 personnel? Can Higby do a fraction of what he did against Arizona twice, San Francisco, Seattle at the end of the year? Is this philosophical change by Sean McVay sticking around mm. Gurley out the door? That's what we've been kind of debating. Because it, it it's so many implications for how Cooper Cup performed, mm-hmm. for how Higby projects. Do you, have any, do you have any takes there? So you would have there that it would be Cooper and um... – Woods as the two Woods. wide receivers that would be out there in a heavy set. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but to me, and Everett out there. And... Right. Because I think what we saw at Higby at the end of last year and what we saw at Everett, like the middle of last year, and the fact that the Rams have gotten rid of, they, they lost a lot of interior offensive linemen. I'm not the biggest fan of Austin Blythe and the center situation that they have there. No offense to those guys. They're great. But when they lost Roger Saffold to Tennessee, part of the reason why I think Derrick Henry got going last year is that they need to go heavy sets to protect Jared Goff. And the true thing is with Jared Goff, nobody handles the blitz worse than Jared Goff. He just does. Look <laughs> at the statistics. This is not good. And I think that when you go Henderson, I'm a big Cam Akers fan too. Um, I think it just, it allows Sean McVay to get a little bit more creative and to protect his quarterback. So I think in that regard, I think that the value of those two wide receivers are going to go up because they're going to be on the field more, you know, like there, there isn't three wide receivers now and it, it might help the tight ends a little bit out too, but I think that Cooper cup has shown consistency. I think coming back from injury that why would you start doubting Cooper cup now? I mean, that man was on pace for 10, 10, 11 touchdowns. Uh, and I think Robert Woods is special, but I also think that it's smart to invest in those tight ends. I don't think Sean McVay is getting stopped for too many years in this league. You know, he's one of the guys that I have confidence in. I would, I would buy low on Sean McVay's offense. And now I'm the analyst yeah, we, on my own show. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> We've spent a lot of well, the, the, the Cause we're, cause because we're tired we, of arguing the, about it. The reason it happened is because Mike and I have talked over and over again about what the real Tyler Higby is. I don't think it's what, I mean, it's a five game sample. So whether or not you think that's what he is or not, it's still a small sample size. No Gerald Everett. And we've debated so much that we just wanted you to declare a winner, who, who which are the I don't people, think you really did. So we've heard, accomplished nothing. Who are the people that you're thinking that are like right below him in draft order order? Yeah. You're talking about for Higby for tight ends that you would be, that are Someone like, around like Jared Higby's Cook. Range. Yeah, I mean, he's going in like the eighth round right now. Yeah. Tyler Higby is. So after him is Jared Cook. After him is Hunter uh, Henry. Yeah. Who else? Evan Ingram. Hayden Hurst. No, Ingram's going before him. Is he? Yeah. Similar range though, right? I mean, I'm taking Hunter Henry over him. Oh, you're in. You're in on on the Taylor experience, are you? We've just been kind of, uh, you know, anytime you got murky quarterback situation in fantasy. What's murky about it? Well, most of the options we're sitting here going, what's murky about it? He says about Tyrod Taylor, who played two and a half games in Cleveland. And then the last time we saw him, he turned a a top pick Sammy Watkins into the 72nd receiver. Exactly. I'm not asking you to throw. I'm not asking you to throw to Tyrell Williams. I'm asking you to throw to Hunter Henry. What were the tight end stats for Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo when that motherfucker was? Charles Clay life. Charles Charles Clay Clay was living that life. Charles Clay was I'm... living that life. We had a nickname for Charles Clay during that period yeah. on our show, and it was Mr. Necessary <laughs> because he was the last uninjured player. So, yeah, he was, he was living a great life, but he was all out there by himself. He had to be throwing the ball. Now you got Keenan Allen and Mike, Mike Williams, Williams, Austin Eckler. It's tough to – you know, for yeah, us, we actually just did our, our tight end show uh, this morning – it's tough for me to care about any of the middle round tight ends. I, if mm. I don't get one of the best guys, I just don't care. Give that me Blake sense. Jarwin. Give me Chris Herndon. Give me some pick at the end of my draft that like might Jonu, be able to hit. Jonu Smith. Yeah, I would rather have those guys than spend a, you know, seventh, eighth round pick on a Hunter Henry or a Tyler Higgins. I'll say Charles I Clay, think- even being Mr. Necessary, never broke 600 yards in Buffalo. Mm. And if you're getting okay. under 600 yards from Hunter Henry, you're going to be very sad. In fairness, that he's still Charles Clay. So he's not good. <laughs> oh, come so on. Hunter Henry actually is a good He was player. on a massive contract. Yeah, this which we all made fun feels of. This to me like if I was Matt Damon and you were the professors at Harvard, except I was <laughs> only a janitor and I also wasn't brilliant. And I came in and I was like, I think Hunter Henry's great. And you're like, well, if you technically look at it, I'm like, ah, fuck. I don't know how that. That's Andy. Andy became this the host of the like show. This is like me being a janitor. <laughs> I'm just a janitor. That's really what it is. Um, by the way, who won out of you three? Wasn't Matt Damon show? the genius of that? Yes, movie? yes. Matt yes. Damon was okay. the genius. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm Matt Damon, but sure. without the genius. I'm He's over here selling his car. No, no, no. You're with the genius. You're just flipping what it, he's baseball like, cars for a million dollars Matt, on the side. I'm still Matt Damon handsome, though. That's mm-hmm. what he was trying to make sure we That's knew. Right. Yeah. I mean, look That's at right. his shirt. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Come Slamming on. it. AI. 
What's um, <laughs> I got another. I got another one for you. It's going to be a card. Are you ready? Yes. What about this guy? Mm, yeah, Cameron you know, it, Newton. We've done my guy shows for this is our fourth year, and somehow, some way, Cam Newton has ended up one of our my guys every year because wow. of the fact that Cam Newton plus starting football games has equaled like fantasy gold. Mm-hmm. And uh, he seems to be taking over that locker room in New England. And I, I'm, starting to, I'm starting to think long and hard about making him a value quarterback pick in my draft. Yeah, it's a, it's a matter of health, right? Like last year going into the season, he was my guy. That didn't work out because he got injured and missed the season. But coming forward to this current season with the Patriots, I, look, Bill Belichick is as good as it gets. He's going to utilize Cam Newton the way Cam Newton needs to be utilized. He's going to run the ball. He's going to be a, a goal line threat um, on the ground. The question is Newton's health. And right now it appears he's healthy. So if he's healthy, he should be a value would, in drafts. I would say this, though. I would say I would like to see that shoulder – not look the way it looked at the beginning of last year. Not throwing that, the ball like a tomahawk? Yeah, I mean, it, that was the question mark coming into last season was like, is this shoulder ready to go? And I know we had all the other the, – the injuries, but I'd like to see, you know, if he could – we don't get preseason. We don't get to see, oh, wow, that looked like Cam Newton, you know, right. of two years ago. So that would be my only like – and he's not going very high in drafts right now. That's what's great. People about, have doubts. Well, the, the great thing about Cam Newton is the ADP has – not caught up to Cam Newton. Uh, I'm not sure that it ever, that it will. I mean, the news out of New England, at least today, you know, is all three quarterbacks are seeing first team reps. So that's, we're all hypersensitive to what the beat reporters are saying on Twitter. And that's going to affect how people think about him. But Cam Newton is the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. And I was, this is coming from like the Jarrett Stidham truther, of this show like the, on, in the off season i'm like guys bill belichick is gonna win with stidham he's gonna make it happen but now it's cam newton like i've i've switched over i've i've cam newton went immediately into my qb1 rankings i think he is an excellent value at the end yeah. of drafts if he plays cam newton's gonna be great we are on a brain meld I'm, we are I'm thinking about is that's incredible I think to to your point, if I was in Dynasty, I would want Jared Stidham. But if I was playing yearly fantasy, I would want Cam Newton. Because I I, I agree with uh, Mike in that everyone I talk to from every angle is hearing good things about Stidham. Like legitimate, like having seen it. And the one thing that I did hear, though, from you guys is without preseason, we're not going to see anything. And Mm -hmm. not having a preseason, I I am very curious how it's going to impact the season as a whole, actually playing the games. I am so curious how wrong Vegas is going to be this year, because I believe that Vegas really does refine themselves over those four games and they're able to, to use them. I'm I Hmm. selfishly with cards. That's usually when people start popping after big performances, but you guys literally work in evaluation. And preseason is a great way of looking at snap counts. Uh, how, how are you guys dealing with not having reliable information and what are you going to do to make sure that you get it? Yeah, I mean, you, I remember being on your show last year and we talked about big offseason, right? And whoa. you get even – whoa, there, there it was. Yeah, whoa, <laughs> big offseason. It, it's one of those things. We talked about it on the show this morning too where, like, you already have to wade through – coach speak you know certain coaches rosy outlooks for every player on the roster beat writer reports and now even more desperate to have something to write about and uh, i love the preseason for evaluating certain positions too it, it feels like the preseason has been a place to find uh those breakout tight ends in years past was whether it was you know peyton's first season in denver where julius thomas you're like who is this guy right. out of the blue in the preseason I, we're going to miss some of that. I mean, yeah. trying to I, wade through it is difficult. I wonder if our rankings aren't going to be better than, than in years <laughs> past where it's like, we're not. I, I, of course you do. I'm of just course saying, you wonder. Yeah, because it's like all of the news and the hype in the camp of the preseason and everybody changing rankings. And then we get to the season. It's like, oh, it was, it was what we thought it was going to be early in the off season. And now it's just, it's 
what we thought in the offseason is going to be how we enter into this year. There's, there's really not much choice outside of maybe some rookies are lining up, uh, you know, as a starter, Jalen Rager. Yeah, Rager's already starting. Lefko, how do you feel about that? I think that after – well, number one, the, my most important thing is that he kills it with the Eagles because that is my number <laughs> one allegiance. So if he's doing that, I could give a shit because when I look back <laughs> at the clip – I don't know. Uh, it's gonna suck, but I'm excited. I, you talked to him afterwards, right? You guys are on good terms now. I believe so, but uh, he could still be putting <laughs> my picture up on a wall. Like I don't know. Uh, so in in a way, you may have fueled him to deliver for your team. I mean, that is. I mean, you'll get the credit. You're welcome. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, Rager's great. I mean, he was my high, outside of Judy and C.D. Lamb. He was my highest rated guy. I see a lot of Steve Smith in him. I think he's going to be. But you you were on Jefferson Team Jefferson at the time. At the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Jefferson's great where he landed too. Um, it's going to be interesting. We we keep spending our off seasons hoping that Carson Wentz has a full allotment of of passing weapons, and we keep ending up heading into the season without him. So um, my, my off season all last year was, was Eagles hype. I, I can't do it again until mm. I see somebody other than Zach Ertz catching the ball. I agree completely. But it, it'll be fun. It's going to be wild. We've been – this whole off season. I was going to say the last thing that we've definitely uh, fatigued of talking about is just probably the, the all the COVID scares and all the COVID mm. worries and, you know, the sentiment in the fantasy community is people want to dive in, you know, full bore, but there's been all of that hesitation. And so we're, we're excited to be what 25 days away from kickoff and really feeling positive momentum towards the season and people ready to go. And this, the last couple days, I mean, it started on Sunday where real training camp reports started to come out and you, it's one of those like, well, yeah, duh. As soon as you see the players in pads, you're gonna, the juices are going to start flowing. It, it really happened, at least like for me personally, you know, Sunday, I was glued to my social feed. I was looking at Twitter. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, news is coming out. Football is, it's happening. This is, mm. a, this is an incredible day. And we followed up with Monday and the, uh, even more news is, is starting to come out. So it, it's been a pretty exciting last couple of days for when you've had months and months of, is the NFL actually even going to happen? And it has never felt more tangible and more real than it has the last couple of days. I'm, and it is interesting because I feel like every fantasy conversation can be ruined by somebody go, but the games might not even happen. And it's like, okay, yep. like, <sighs> that's all we have right now. And I, I definitely felt that being so heavily involved in the NBA that, you know, it, there's an energy that comes off of it. And it's, it, it does, cause you can, you can do both. You can focus on life and you can also enjoy sport. And what, what I think is so wild is like seeing a football game and no one being out there. And I'm curious how that impacts certain players' performances, you know, like will, will home versus away not be as big of a split you know what i mean like does that impact run calls versus pass calls if you can hear more like are we going to see really high scoring um because they're going to be able to communicate so well on the road and so it'll be higher scoring games i'm i'm just i'm curious how it's going to impact every industry and scoring and fantasy is one of them yeah i, I think scoring the the way i look at it is the beginning of the year i expect it to be down because defense beats offense in the beginning of camp. Like, that's just kind of known that offense takes a little bit longer to get going. You don't have preseason. You don't have the same right. lead up. And the last couple of years, as, as more and more teams have sat their players in preseason, week one opens up and it's like, well, this is trash football. I think we're going to see a little bit of that just from the standpoint of, oh, wow. uh, of the absence of the offseason. But I agree with you when it comes to home road. That's the, that's the second biggest narrative gonna to me. It's going to be weird. That, like, especially for certain teams, like I would, if you're playing against the Saints or the Seahawks or the Chiefs and, and you've got to play in their home, you're like, oh, thank goodness it's this year on the schedule because you can't hear it in most situations. And, you know, you'll be able to actually function as an offense. That, that'll be weird to watch. Yeah. Man, I'm, it's making me realize, you know, let's say you have an empty stadium and you have two quarterbacks and you can hear so like clearly their command in the huddle. 
and at the line that I think about the, the voice of the quarterback lining up. And I think about how like Tom Brady, let's say Tom Brady is playing the Broncos, right? And Tom Brady goes up there and it cuts through and then Drew Locke has to match that. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> that, that could be, it, it's going to intimidation really, factor. It yeah. May be quarterback versus quarterback in turn. Cause I'm telling you, when I hear the, this Chris Paul stuff in the bubble about how he's so vocal and he's so loud that he's intimidating the other team, there's going to be something to that because normally you wouldn't be able to hear it, but I think you will. Well, I think about the rookie signal callers that might have opportunities this year and how intimidating that would be. You're just on display for the defense to pick you apart in a different mm. way than you were in years past. It's going to be a challenge. No preseason for those rookies. Mm. And then, my, you know. My thought just goes to how is Bill Belichick going to be able to listen to all the calls <laughs> and figure and go undefeated the second half of the year because he knows everything <laughs> that the offense is doing. He's like, that's his new full-time job. I, so, in a, in a, you guys are coming out on Friday, I think, the Wednesday episode with Peter Schrager. He literally said that Bill Belichick has been spending so much time going, how do I use this to our advantage? How can oh, yeah, I? have no doubt. And, and really, man, if there's any year to really bet on the Patriots, it's probably this year because no one's going to handle this better. He's always looking for a crack. I mean, find a way. And you've got the Belichick. Was like, it Brady? This isn't even and, cheating this and Brady, time. was it Belichick? That'll be a fun storyline for the whole year, the Brady versus mm -hmm. Belichick success comparison. What was um, the finish for you guys uh, in fantasy last year? Were, did we, were we all uh, rankings wise? Yes, rankings. How did you guys do against uh, the rest of the world? We did very well. We all finished in the top quarter again. Um, I, I think was Jason was six. I was 11. Six. Something like that. Mike was in. Uh, no, we were all in the I top was, 20. I was had, 19, I think. Yeah, yeah. So we, we had a pretty monsters. good season. It's, it's mm -hmm. always competitive, it's always fun. Kind of a game. But uh, we like it. We like com anything competitive. Yeah, it's, if you could tell from the Booker talk at the beginning, we like to win. We are hyper We think 8-0 deserves a playoff spot, things like that. You know, it's funny. Andy and I were 6-11, and 11, and th that's really great. You know, there's 150-plus people that are in, in the running. And yeah, all Mike, we were – Mike was well, the both highest of us, ranking the year before, I remember. We, uh, the, all, all, both of us were just nonstop upset. I was so upset that I wasn't top five. Andy was so upset that he wasn't top two. There was no happiness oh. to be found with those rankings. None. The, the rankings came out. Until we go one, two, upset. three, it's not going to be. We'll figure good it enough. out. Right. But it, that year, you two will be upset. Because we're not number yeah, one. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because you're number one. As a sick joke, I'm hoping that it goes one time, one, two, four. And oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. What a loser. <laughs> you blew it. You um, blew it. What who are the uh are you do you what is the, the players with the most variance between you guys that you one of you is the high like the, the biggest gaps between high and low for certain players? Yeah. Uh, off off the top of my head, I know that we have a lot of variance with Cooper Cup. Uh yeah, I, I'm pretty I have high him, on Cooper I Cup. have him much lower and we have uh when you look at the success rate of Cooper Cup when he's not in the slot like he it's it's pretty rough it's rough for Cooper Cup like he's he's not good against man coverage and he's really bad against press coverage and if he if they do make that shift to it being you know uh, the 12 personnel where he doesn't have a slot to go mm. into and he's getting a top uh, cover corner on him who's just beating him up at the line I do foresee Cooper Cup having uh, some problems. I haven't, like, I haven't buried him or anything. I think he'll still have his, his uh, fantasy games because even if they're in 12, it's not going to be 12 personnel 90% of the time. Right. It'll just be – it'll just lower that ceiling on a week-to-week -week basis. Uh, I know Juju Smith-Schuster is another player. I am much higher than these uh, yeah, two. He's a tough one. I, I still have him ranked as a, as a stud. I think Jason, I took that ride with you last year, pal. Not again. Nope. <laughs> Not, yeah, sure. Well, then, I took see, him. I took thing. him round two. Not again. Nope. Yeah, I mean, we. This will... quarterback went down well, in week two. There, you almost have to even <laughs> totally even someone it. who would love to take take a victory lap on Juju because I, I all off season I was down on Juju. I can't take the victory lap because of the quarterback situation. 
But all the same questions of last offseason remain for me, which is there's no A.B. How does he exist with that Antonio Brown? Does he, you know, he has very similar, you know, production problems of Cooper Cup. Oh, yeah, let's go, man. Chase Claypool's my dude. Do you like Deontay Johnson? I do. I, I think he's interesting. I think, I think like mm-hmm. the hardest thing not having a preseason is you get all these questions about cam. I have less questions about cam than I do big Ben. you know, like what, sure. what kind yeah. of big Ben right. are we getting, you know? Oh, he really worked out. Okay. I want to see it. Like, and, yep. and, and I know that I trust that offensive line uh, because this, that's what the Steelers do, but mm-hmm. chase Claypool gives me Plexico Burris vibes. And if, if, we're just doing lob ups with big Ben. I like that a lot. So, um, but it's funny, me and Mike connected on Jack Doyle last year. And now we're going to do it over chase Claypool. I like this. <laughs> How'd it work out for Jack Doyle? Better than Ebron. Yeah. <laughs> Who, who's now in, in Pittsburgh, full circle. The last yeah. guy I could think of off the top of the dome is Daniel Jones. Uh, mm, I think yeah. we disagree there. Mike is calling for the breakout for Daniel Jones. Dude, Andy we and are, are connected. Fellas. Oh, there it is. We are <laughs> connected. Is right there. The card in yes. hand. Oh, the best part is you probably paid like 75 cents for that card. Yep, and now it's worth $8 million. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm in on Jones. I saw enough of the big games last year that I think he can take a step forward. We got to get that fumbling under control. But he's, he's surrounded by, I wouldn't say elite weapons, but he's surrounded by a very, very good cast of, of skill players. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL network, he had a tweet out a couple months ago that he, that if you take Daniel Jones skill players, they're actually the fastest skill starting skill players in the NFL. They're faster than the, the Kansas city chiefs by a, a fraction, not very much, but still he is surrounded by talent. And I think with an honestly, time- golden Tate run a 40 today. <laughs> uh, I don't want agreed. that draft day agreed. 40 from golden Tate. It, it Draft went, day 40s look, are the biggest crime in all sports. Yeah, but here's – look, Golden Tate is still fast enough to get it done. That was like pro football how focus about this? just how put about out this? something this about how he is take. the broken tackle master. I bet you Daryl Green was running a 4-4 towards the end of his career, but they were still like, oh, he ran a 4-2-40. Like, there's no way that Daryl yeah. Green, 20 years in the league, was still running that. Get out look, of here. Everybody gets slower. Enough, but – but fair, fair enough. But I mean, you have you have Slayton, Ingram, Saquon Barkley. Just those Love like it. there's there's some speed there. And if he can, I just I really believe in with a full off season as him as the starter. There's not the distraction of of Eli Manning is there. When's Daniel Jones going to take the job? How Who's much low work on? did he get Who's with the low ones? On Daniel Jones? Uh, both Andy and myself. Mike is the only one pretty yes. high expecting the breakout. Um, you know, part of it for me is the schedule, especially if yeah, we're talking about sucks. drafting him for fantasy. Well, the, he's yeah, off that my early board. Schedule, opens, it is a monstrous schedule for the Giants. Opens the season with the Steelers, the Bears, the 49ers, the Rams, and the Cowboys. So I would sell your rookies and then buy them back after the first five weeks is what we're saying. Yeah, buy the if we dip. Want, if we, buy the where, dip. where were those games? Did you have them so listed? Uh, yeah, I've, I've got them here. It's at home against Pittsburgh, at Chicago – at home against the 49ers, at the Rams, at the Cowboys. Man, that's a lot of games with no fans in the stands to be intimidating for a quarterback. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it's true. To, to Mike's point, I am a, uh, a big believer in, in Daniel Jones. There's just too many people I trust, including my guy Sims, that see something special. And I think that what scared me initially was like, oh, no, Nate Solder's opting out. And then I'm like, man, did I trust Nate Solder anyway? And I didn't. And Schrager reminded me that their offensive line coach is Matt Mark Colombo, who did great in Dallas. And I really do trust Jason Garrett with young quarterbacks. He did it with Dak, and I think he can do it and and build a smart offense around an elite running back like he did with Zeke, and now he can do with Saquon Barkley. But I I think Slate and Ingram, if if Ingram can stay healthy – can be really dynamic. I really do. But I'm, I'm buying uh, clearly Daniel Jones. But, man, I have no idea what these games are going to be like. It's, that's, that's, my, that's my weirdest thing. I just come back to strange. that every time. Yeah, I mean, it, when I'm watching, because I've been watching 
everything that's on. I mean, NBA, NHL, MLB. I, you know, each of those experiences have been different, but it kind of wears off on you after a few games, at least for me. Like, it's just you become more used to it. I mean, obviously, we were glued to the, to the Suns games, and the NBA has done such a great job uh, with the oh, product. Yeah. I think even compared to, you know, baseball has been the strangest to me with the stands the way they are. With the and that's what I'm worried people. about I mean, with just, football because it's going to yeah, be Yeah, more. you're going to get the same thing. Yeah, you are. Because you have the, you know, obviously gigantic stadium as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, NHL and NBA, you get to cover up a side and make it look nice and be done. But, um, no, nobody knows what it's going to be like. It's going to be a very, very weird year. But I'm glad we're going to have it. Yes, mm-hmm. very much. Very glad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the – okay, I, I, I know that my friends are going to – listen to this so this is gonna suck but i had the sixth pick in my draft and i feel like sixth is right around that like how many locks are there like when do you guys start disagreeing at what number there's There's probably four or five locks is there i I have my six we know the yeah i've got i've got my six as well and i think we share the same six um the top three are obvious Uh, it's gonna be chris mccaffrey zeke and and saquon at that point, at pick four, there's questions between Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. Um, is Michael Thomas in play? To me, is and Clyde Edwards-Alaire in play? That so my my top six. So is that the top Alvin, eight? Is that the top eight that you just said? In some order, I think. Yeah, mm. Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Those would be my uh, four, five, and sixth pick. Yeah, and uh, the the other name to throw in there, if you're saying, is that the eight? It's it would be for me is Derrick Henry. He's he's still involved there. Uh, a little bit. It's hard to doubt Derrick Henry again. <laughs> I don't doubt uh, him at all, man. I think uh, he may be. He may put up a top three finish again. And, I've and been he, rising. He absolutely can. But I still have him down at seven, and I'm I'm fine for players if they want to take Michael Thomas. But I'm with Jason. Those six running backs are they're locked in. So if I'm at the sixth spot, I'm hoping I get Edwards Alaire. And someone takes Kamara over him, but Kamara is not like the worst parting gift. See, I have Josh, I have Josh Jacobs ahead of those guys, but but yeah, it, it's running back, running yeah. back heavy. Yeah, Andy's all in on Jacobs. Now, what's your format? Do you start two wide receivers, two running backs, or is it three wide receivers? And is it full? I'm not PPR? having that conversation those... with you. I'm Give not me the deets, it. bro. I'm just, I'm, not. I'm just saying, three wide receiver, full PPR. No. I'm going Michael Thomas there. And that right there is the not ready to have that I conversation. Like sports cards more than fantasy. Because yeah. no, no one goes, no one goes, hey, are your cards rectangle or are they square? Are they circle? You got some circle cards? <laughs> that's, a, that's my only issue with fantasy is it's like we, we all speak different languages. Like if a, point, a PPR person talking to a traditional. Are those Beckett graded or those PS, are those PSA graded? Yeah, is that the hologram or is that the rookie? Or is, I mean, there's, those conversations <laughs> are in there. Is that yeah, Gary yeah, V right. approved or is that not Gary V approved? Come on. Are, oh, uh, yeah, that's a good line there, Andy. I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> Um, who, who is your, if I know you guys have this as your guys, do you have, do you guys have an ultimate guy that's your guy forever? And is it ever possible to change it? Or is that guy locked in forever? I don't, I, I so I correct Arian me if I'm Arian Foster wrong. retired. So I guess not. Sure. Yeah. On, uh, as oh, far so as an individual, mm. As far as an individual, yeah, but the guys that are gone forever, you might look back, obviously, LaDainian Tomlinson. But as far as active fantasy advice, we, we try to stay water. That's what we always say. Um, no, I mean personally, you know, like if you, yeah. if you could only pick one guy ever, who would it be for each of you? Oh, man. You don't know your if guy? T- no, if it's fantasy, it's LaDainian Tomlinson. If it's okay. just personally like favorite, it's Kurt Warner. I'm a Cardinals fan. Mm. He took us to a Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah, Arian Foster's in my in my Hall of Fame for fantasy football. Yeah, and uh, mine would be Antonio Brown. Uh, I traded for him right before he turned into. It's always Antonio very Brown. personal. Well, he, he, he asked no, me a personal question. That's my point. I yeah. said it's always a based on. We all got a story yeah. about our guy. That's why you like him. But traded for him right before the real breakout rode that entire stretch. It was fantastic. I really hated that stretch because. <laughs> You always had Antonio. It was a keeper league, yeah. so Mike just always had uh, Antonio Brown. Nobody, I, nobody else in the league ever got to experience the fun that was peak AB. I had a friend uh, at Bleacher Report, Cam, that had Peyton Manning for his entire career in a keeper league. Ooh. 
So that yeah, what, and he, and he, he quit the league. He quit the league when Peyton retired. He's like, I've been doing this for 15 oh my years. <laughs> and he's like, that's it. That's the run. I can't have another quarterback behind center for my team, for my fake fantasy team. <laughs> 18 every year. Unbelievable. Um, I know that you guys have a lot going on, so I want to spend these last few minutes kind of talking about you. Um, in, in this world where I'm, I'm seeing all these media companies, you guys really are your own universe. And I think that's the coolest thing. And I think that your fans love each other, the Foot Clan. Uh, you treat them with respect. Uh, what are you guys building right now? What are you excited about? How can uh, the 33% get more involved? Yeah, I mean, we, we've spent a lot of this offseason just pressing on towards, you know, developing the best products we can. We just launched some pro player profiles on the website. Been trying to get the website going a lot more this offseason. And uh, just today we, we have basically year two. I mean, it, it's year three, but it's year two of the – biggest fantasy yep. football tournament that we can identify like we it's can't the biggest fantasy football tournament ever as far as that we know of that we know of let me hear the nobody's numbers. ever is, been able to well we we were up over i mean one singular league that crowns one singular champion there were was, seven thousand people playing in that league mm. last year the yeah. megala bowl mm -hmm. so i i mean if if you or your audience knows of a league with more than seven thousand people in it let me know. Until then, it's the biggest league of all time. We were 1,200 we last year, so 7,000 is balling. I think you need to contact yeah, Guinness. I think you need to contact Guinness. Oh, I, that is a great idea, and I am making a note because I want a world <laughs> Because, record. listen, you, you can, guys uh, didn't get to put up the top five seal, and Andy didn't get to put up the top ten seal, but if on that website we put a little Guinness logo that says largest fan, I mean, come on. That's, that's pretty hot. That yeah. wouldn't be so bad. No, and, and then other than that, it's, you know, it's the ultimate draft kit. It's the only draft guide that people need uh, to get ready for your drafts. We keep updating it all off season, and we, we, we start working on that thing in March. We stop once the, uh, that first ball is kicked. It's a passion project. <laughs> we also got a book out now. Oh, we oh, do have true. a book. We are published well, we authors, we, Lefko. We, we, we got a book. We just kind of, we look back over the last five years of shows, which I think was about 10 million shows. Yes. From what I can correct. remember. And we, uh, we kind of distilled it down to 55 tips and tricks to kind of get a fantasy football player started and thinking the right way about the game and going beyond the analytics to the contextual tips that help you in your league and things like that. So um, we just, we just put that out on Amazon so people can find it there as well. What's it called? It's called uh, fantasy football. Unleashed. Yeah. 55 tips, tricks, and ways to win, my friend. What was the movie uh, where the guy had a leash on the whole time uh, and then he went oh. and, and fought people and he had like a, he would be brought to gangs and fighting underground. Uh, I feel like just making a gladiator I, joke right here. I don't know. I, I am very disappointed in myself. I, I can't think of this reference. So Damn. what was the purpose? This is what you're here for, Mike. I know. I, I need more information. You're the it, pop culture reference, man. It wasn't a goofy movie, so now Mike's out of, out of his depth. So Hold on. A mm. It might have been called Unleashed. I really Incredible. think it was. It's what we based the book off of. Yes, it was. Man. It was amazing. It was Jet Li and Morgan oh, Freeman. Lee. Okay. Hold on. You're, so your name of your book is Unleashed. A classic you combination. Have, you need to see the movie Unleashed. It's phenomenal. From a, the age of a little boy, Jet Li was held captive by a mob boss in some European country. <laughs> put a leash on because he was such a good fighter that he was trained mentally to withstrain it and hold it in, not withheld it and strain it in and not fight, but he would be unleashed in these underground fight circles where people would come out of the weapons and he would just beat the shit out of them. One day he gets the leash off and he discovers his family and he's living with a blind Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that's right. A blind Morgan I'm Freeman. Every, I'm in. I'm Wasn't sure Morgan I've Freeman seen blind this. and Robin Hood too. Yes. He's oh, done, no, 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 he wasn't. That was uh, no, Prince of Thieves. I am yeah, giving Morgan you, I'm giving you wasn't blind, unleashed no. Jet Li being taught sure by blind. a blind Morgan Freeman. Do you know how many times he'd be like, hello, are you there? <laughs> it's phenomenal. <laughs> if you're bad. calling your book that, you have to watch it. All right. Well, it's a speaking, deal. But speaking of impressions, Lefko, I don't know if you realize that 
the person who gets impersonated the most in the fantasy footballers headquarters. Oh, that's you. Is in fact you. you. All right. Your voice is is amazing. Yeah, we're all very envious. We always practice our left. Every once in a while, we drop the left go on the you know on the show sometimes on accident. Like I got a new trading card. It's it's outstanding. It's time (laughs) for the show. (laughs) What do you think? We got a little work to do. I'm blushing. That was so good. <laughs> well, you've been killing it yourself. Yes. We've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed seeing Thanks, all the success and the, and the coverage in your leather jackets. And uh, you, you keep killing it, too. Listen, just a year ago, four dudes in a hot box with a little bit of steam oh, on yes. glasses. <laughs> We've come a long way, boys. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Great seeing you guys. Uh, Check them out. Fantasy Footballers, number one podcast you're going to find anywhere you listen to. And it's just three guys that love talking with each other, and they're great. And next year, Devin Booker's going to carry their team to the seventh There we go. Watch your face. I'll take a seventh Jason, Mike, appreciate you guys.